Hey guys, welcome to the Begging Broadcast, episode number 510. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. We're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being the Week in Geek, to bring you the top geek stories the past week. Next is the list of comic books that we are looking forward to coming out February 1st, 2023. Sorry, I heard a bell during that, and I didn't know if it was... Like mm-hmm. something was going to happen. Uh, then we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic, which this week it's time for our January 2023 look back. So we're going to be looking back at some of the comic books we read this month. Oh, just this month. Okay. Just this month. We've been doing yearly things for like I the know. past two episodes. I'm like, I don't think I could talk about 12 books. I probably could, but we're not going to. because we got to fill that other time with talking about beer. Chris, you yeah. went to a brewery today, and he said you were going to talk Don't lie. What? Then what was the Facebook? You went to a brewery uh, yesterday. Yeah. Oh, it was yesterday. Oh, I'm not. Paul. Because remember, Paul, again. we were like, Chris oh. went to a brewery, and you and I went to a brewery. I don't know how time works, Chris. Paul. How exciting was that to be there at Hourglass Brewery? It was good. Um. It was part of my new beer's resolution. Uh, there's a bunch of breweries here in Florida, so I'm going to be trying to go to some of them for the next couple of weeks to bring new beers to the show. So the very first one I went to was Hourglass Brewing. They have a few locations here in Florida. One of them is like 20 minutes away from me. It's kind of the same way I would go to Sideward. So I was like, hey, that's actually pretty close. So the first beer I have from them is actually also from Sideward Brewing, and this is part of their mega collab. This is actually a beer done by all of the Orlando breweries coming together to brew something for Orlando Beer Week, and this is a Florida lager, so it's brewed with Florida rye and Florida citrus. Uh, Where is it on my screen? 4.4% ABV. Um, This is just very crushable. Like It's very light. It's still got a little bit of bite from that rye, and then you get a nice like orange zest on the back. Uh, fantastic summer beer, and I think it's a great showing just of what the uh, the breweries in Orlando can do. And it's cool that you know all of them came together to brew something special. So this is a beer you'll be able to get at pretty much all of the local Orlando breweries. So I thought it was kind of I thought it was kind of funny that I was like, oh, I'm going to go to a new brewery, get a brand new beer, something I've never had before. I'm branching out. And then I'm like, my beer is from Sideward. <laughs> but it's not. It's from everybody. So, yeah. Buffalo did that yeah. a few years back with, uh, like, to save the restaurants. Didn't they do a bunch of collabs? Yeah, they had, like, a, a single recipe. And everyone was able to use that recipe and tweak it however they wanted, and then everything went towards um, went, to, went towards that. And that, they also did like a mixed four pack too, right? right. That they yeah. did a restaurant one too. Mm-hmm. They did a couple things that we did. So trying what to help guys, everybody out. What are you guys drinking? Different beers or well, same beer? We are drinking uh, same beers tonight. Uh, I had a friend. Because you went to went, a brewery today. We did go to Don't a brewery lie, yesterday. Chris. <laughs> we went uh, yesterday. I a, I'm just, I learned it from you. <laughs> uh, I had a friend who was going to Treehouse Brewery, and I reached out to, to some uh, super friends of the show and Paul, 
and said, hey, we're going there. Uh, a friend going there, if he, he's going to pick up some stuff. Is there something that you'd want? Um, we decided to make like, oh, I'll buy this four pack. I'll buy this four pack and we'll make a, a mixed four pack. Uh, our biggest problem, I think, out of this pack was having super friend of the show, Ed, pick the beers um, because he picked a cream ale. Uh, and that's what we're starting with. This is their commonplace cream ale, 5.2%. Um, if you know anything about Treehouse, they are really known for their IPAs, not for their loggers and ales. And friend of the show, Ed, picked loggers and ales. And these are okay attempts at these beers. Uh, this cream ale is okay. Um they say they're using barley and corn, and I, I I feel you get kind of a corny taste to it. I don't really dig the aftertaste on it. Um, for a brewery that makes some excellent beers, I'm not going to fault them for this beer, but I'm going to fault Ed for <coughs> us allowing Ed to pick two beer, two, two odd beers that they made. You know, I, I saw the order form and I was swinging for the fences. And then, you know, the the, the said, text chain like rained, rained me right in. It's like, OK, no, no, no. Everybody pick four pack. And by that point, I was like, dude, this text chain has gone on way too long. Just get whatever people want to get and I, I'll, I'll split it with them. It's fine. I'm now really glad that I bought myself an extra four pack of the IPAs. <laughs> <laughs> that was going to be a four pack we were going to split together when we all met up and then when it came to time to meet up we ended up going to a brewery instead so we didn't drink that beer so now i have a extra four pack of uh, uh january julius which i'm excited about i don't mind this as a cream ale like it's fine it's 5.2 percent alcohol by volume it's refreshing it's light it's a little too light but it's okay. It's yeah. I would not buy this again from Treehouse just because there's so many other cooler beers on the menu. Well, um, it's like almost the same price. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were like thirteen ninety nine or fourteen ninety nine. Yeah. Like so, or maybe there was one that was like fifteen forty nine, like for a four pack. So I'm like, yeah, I, I think. They were really decently priced beers, so that's why I was kind of like, I'll take one of these, and I'll take one of these, and I'll take one of these. And John's like, you'll take none of that! My friend only has uh, so much room in his car, Paul. Be reasonable. Paul, Paul, you had like two flats that you wanted to get, and then what everyone else was going to order. And I'm like, I, I feel bad giving my friend this huge order to bring home. Plus, he wouldn't be able to keep it cold. And by the time you got it, it wouldn't be as good as it should be. All right. So you're telling me that I really should take some time off work and just drive up there and get it my own damn self. I hear you. Paul, it's in it's in Massachusetts. I don't think you can. Oh, I can't get there. Massachusetts messes with me. Everybody (laughs) knows that. It's the rules. All right. So uh, news, guys. Anything from the news garden? It's like it's a, dead of winter, right? Like, there's nothing wrong. Yeah, it was a very light week. Um, I feel like it's been a, an ample amount of time since we last spoke that something should have happened, but... Yeah, I think we reported we, last really Thursday. Did. We're recording now on this Thursday. Thursday. 
So it's been a whole week. It's not like yeah, one of those Thursday, the day that we all went to the brewery. Yes, Paul, we, we know. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's some weeks like that we record the previous episode on Thursday and then we record the next week episode on Tuesday. And it's like, yeah, there's there's been no news. Yeah. Uh, only things that I actually wrote down and this kind of affects us. And we can kind of talk about this in a little bit of the broader sense to uh, Amazon laying off over 18,000 people. And of that number, 75% uh, of the Comixology staff is included in that. Uh, so don't know how many from Comixology, but they did say 75% of the staff that runs the digital format where we buy and read and discuss our comics is being let go. And when Amazon bought Comixology, we didn't have any issues, really. It wasn't until they tried to roll everything into Kindle and got rid of like the dedicated reader for comiXology that things got bad and it's, it's gotten a little bit better. Like I don't think the reader still where it needs to be. Like I hate having the library open on my phone, but it's just easier to have it up on my screen instead of looking at it on my phone. Um, but I'm hoping this doesn't impact too much of comicsology for me because well, they're they're already like just kind of scraping by well i think the 75 percent of the staff were the staff that did all the good stuff for comicsology that as soon as it got rolled over to kindle they're like oh yeah maybe we'll keep that staff working so that maybe we can get the guided view guided reading and the you know the actual good format of comicsology to work on kindle and they're like you know what never mind you guys can go home. And well, it's they like, were also the staff that would meet, meet in the break room that would be like, guys, remember how awesome it used to be working here? And then we got bought out by Amazon. And now Jeff Bezos is showing up every day, just talking about his moon rockets and bullshit. And giving us the bug eyes. You know, we're not able to do the stuff anymore. Now we got to do it on Kindle and it just doesn't work. I think that's what happened. Which is a shame, because, man, I loved Comixology. Yeah, it was great. It was, it was really but good. There's a, we, had a great, a, we had a great run. A lot of tech companies are laying off a bunch of people, though. Like, Google just got hit by massive wave of layoffs, too. So it's not just Amazon. Well, they gotta they got to get ready for their lawsuits. They're going to be there. We can't um, be a monopoly. Look how small and lean our teams are. Yeah. We can't be a monopoly, monopoly in advertising because, you know, we, we just, you know, control the, the people that produce the content. We control the ads that we that are bought and sold on that content. And also we uh, set the price for it the ads that will be run on that content. Well, I don't understand what you're talking about. How can we be in a monopoly? Uh, I don't, I think I just broke the internet because if you Google Alta Vista, it brings you to Yahoo. Yes. They merged back. In okay. Alta Vista was a Yahoo company. Oh, wow. Google S Jeeves. See if that's a thing. That's probably, Okay, anyways, is that the news? Um, just takes you to ask.com. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, the only other thing that really popped up was over at HBO Max, 
their live action shows, uh, Doom Patrol and Titans, coming to an end. Mm. Uh, James Gunn put out a statement today too, saying, you know, this decision predated our arrival. Um, sad to see these teams go. Everyone's been very talented, kind of thing. So. Something that's been in the works for a while, so you can't blame this one on him, everybody. Just know you want to. Well, the thing is, when you take over things, just because things were planned in the past doesn't mean you have to follow through with said plans. Like, unless, like, the teams are, like, aware, hey, this is going to be your final season, and James Conner reads the script and be like, well, doesn't get better than that. But also, I think it has a lot more to do with where HBO Max is exactly, than yeah. anything else. I th- I think a lot of the stuff was already planned to go, and those teams were given their chance to end everything. Uh, but with them wanting to get the DC Universe to like a a solid state where everything's going to be like spinning out of, it just kind of makes sense to probably not keep this going. Like I'm sure it would have ended regardless, but. And you also have that Gotham Knights show starting up soon, too, right? Isn't that? I don't, uh, I don't think that's going to be going forward. I don't know. Did you guys did both subscribe to DC Unlimited when that first launched? Or was it no. just John? No, I, yeah, I never did it. Oh. Because this seems like a very similar story to uh, Comixology. <laughs> like, hey, there was a thing that people liked, and then it got rolled into another thing. And now that thing is crap. And I'm swearing a lot this episode. I'm sorry, everybody. It's okay. Nobody nobody cares, Paul. Nobody listens. I know. So well, just, the people that are listening don't care. They're, they're not like, oh my gosh, did you hear how much Paul was swearing? Remember the one episode your dad listened to and then gave me such gruff about me swearing a lot? Yeah. Hey, remember when you said puss? <laughs> no, I never said puss. I said post-apocalypse. It just you said you said puss-apocalypse. <laughs> I said post-apocalypse. You said and post-apocalyptic, and it just sounded like I said post-apocalyptic. No, you said it. I played right. it for my wife. I didn't prompt her. I played it, and she looked at me and went, "He said puss," and I went, "Yeah, he said puss." I still think it's the funniest thing we've ever done on the podcast. I listen to it like at least once a week when I feel down. That's good. Happy. I'm glad it makes you happy, buddy. That was two episodes ago, everybody. Uh, That was so. (laughs) Listen to that in episode uh, 508. Uh, I don't know the title of it. Apparently, oh, it's did you say Chris? (laughs) Uh, Chris, save us. We're off the rails. Like, um, no, I'm okay. Okay. Cool, 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 cool. Next beer or the list? No, we can do the list. All right, let's do the list. It feels like an off night. I don't know what's going on. All right. Uh, Comic books coming out February 1st, 2023. John, what comic book are you looking forward to picking up? Uh, I'm looking forward to from Dark Dark Horse Comics. Uh, Where Monsters Lie, number one. Uh, This book um, follows a small town uh, with a gated community called Wilmhurst Community. 
Uh, and this is where all of your monsters and masked villains, mindless, unkillable monsters, uh, serial killers trapped in ball and dolls, uh, go in between their killing sprees to go and find relaxation. Uh, and then a Connor Hayes, a survivor of these slashers of a summer camp. And then years later, a psychopath who built a torture maze uh, has become a, a police officer, a special agent um, for the FBI, and is now planning to go to war with these monsters. Uh, it sounds like it could be fun. So they're raiding a resort for serial killers and monsters. Yes. FBI. FBI. Chris, what book are you looking forward to? Uh, last week when I went to the comic book store, I actually picked up a bunch of back issues, uh, all relating to the the Massiverse. This is the corner of Image Comics, almost all spinning out of Radiant Black. Okay. Uh, none, none of the books are really like crossovers that you don't need to be reading one to read another one. They just all take place in the same universe so far. Uh, and of the ones that I picked up, so I've been reading Radiant Black since that launched, but I also picked up uh, the first issue of The Dead Lucky, and then I think like six or seven issues of Rogue Sun, and then the new book that just came out, Inferno Girl Red. And I have to say, I really enjoyed Rogue Sun. Um, if we had talked about more characters when we did our look forward, uh, the Massiverse was going to be my pick. It was going to be kind of like an all-encompassing because I'm really digging this take on superhero comics. Uh, the Rogue Son is basically a shit kid at high school, uh, Dylan Siegel, who his dad dies in a car accident, but it turns out his dad didn't die in a car accident because he was actually New Orleans' premier superhero, the Rogue Son. Um, basically like a super cool looking techno night with fire powers. Uh, and now it's up to him to find out who killed his dad uh, while being guided through the powers by the ghost of his dad, who is inhabiting the, the sun gem that gives him his abilities. So kind of like uh, firestorm. Because of the merge. Kind of, oh no, Nova, more like Nova, the Nova helmet. Yeah. Yeah. That would make sense. I think either one of them works uh, as a comparison. Uh, I'm really digging it so far. The 10th issue comes out this week. I still have to read a couple more of the back issues to get uh, fully caught up, but I'm digging it a lot. Rogue Sun. I I didn't realize this had spanned out so much from that first Radiant Black, and then we read Radiant Red, right? Yeah, we did the first issue of Radiant Red. Uh, Radiant Pink is the other one that's going on currently. Like miniverse. Chris, Interesting. Uh, I, I'm surprised that I I'm surprised that we didn't or I didn't know that it got had gotten so so big. Two things from your uh, review. One, I'm happy we didn't pick more characters. It saved you from uh, pulling a John and being like, I pick all the characters. I think I pick all the comics. <laughs> I pick all the comics. And, and two, when he said uh, he, this kid is a shit kid in high school and his dad died in a car accident, but he didn't. I'm like, oh, did he do it just so he didn't need to hang out with his son anymore? <laughs> well, that's <laughs> is this the thing. Wow. 
That's uh Wow. Maybe maybe part of why he gets the powers. Well, Is that why my dad died in a car accident? Yes. Just to get away from you. My dad's fine. What? He's alive. <laughs> Uh, what's the um, Mark Millar book, uh, Wanted, when you had mentioned that it kind of made me think of Wanted, where the kid take, goes to take over his father, but his father's not really dead. Turns out he was a superhero or supervillain. Is that what happens in Wanted? I don't remember it. I've only seen the movie. Yeah. Because it's Annalena Jolie and uh, what's his name? It, and that has nothing to do with the comic yeah. book. Yeah, it was very different. But Paul, what are you looking forward to? I'm actually looking forward to a Flash book. And you might ask, Paul, is it because more than one Flash shows up on the cover? Yes. Yes, it is. That's exactly right. There's Barry. That's why you picked it a couple months ago. There's Wallace and there's Wally. Who is Impulse now? Bart. Bart, right? Yeah. Bart. Yeah. Better be Bart. Impulse still. All right. Uh, yeah, and this is uh, leading into the One Minute War. Apparently, there's an alien uh, super speeder race that has invaded uh, Central City, and uh, the Flash family has to come together to fight back against these alien invaders, all at super speed. And I'm going to guess that this war is going to last one minute. Now, I know what you're saying. Historical context, the Hundred Years' War lasted more than 100 years. So, therefore... The one minute war could last more than one minute. What was the that 80. Superman? Oh, Wasn't that that Superman book? The the they had a war. They were all moving at super speed because the Kryptonians all came to Earth and they had a big fight. There was years ago. The like planet Krypton. Yeah, they like released somehow Krypton. And it was like in a it was in the opposite or orbit as the Earth, but it was in like so like. But they had was, like a one minute. They yeah. had like a one minute war with this war. Maybe I don't really remember that, but uh, War of Krypton, I think, was the event. But uh, I don't think I really read it. But I'm like, I, I, you know, I think this was a fun premise. You know, the Flash. The Flash going not, at super super speed. It sounds like you know, a good jumping on point. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite episodes of the Flash television show is the one where there's a bomb going off at the inside of Star Labs, and Barry's moving at super speed to try to like figure out how to keep the explosion from happening or like reaching critical mass, and you know he's constantly you know so everything else is stopped. So I, you know, I like that premise. I like it a lot. Uh, that's why I'm interested in this book. All right. Yeah. And now, a dramatic reading from Thor number five, panel two, page five. May I ask forgiveness? I prayed for forgiveness. From whom? And that was a dramatic reading from Thor number five, panel two, page five. Listen, that's Beta Ray Bill. Yeah, he's all beat up. Mm. Can't I can't tell. tell that he's beat up. But you know who might be able to tell he's beat up? People that follow us over at the Instagram, because Chris is going to do an awesome job somehow posting this with this. Yeah, I'm not. 
I'm not going to be able to post that one. I'm going to send it again without <laughs> after the show. <laughs> A clean copy. I just, I, yeah, I'd have to hang up with you guys to, to have sent it. And I just figured I'd send this now so you could read it. You're getting that new laptop power cord, though, right? <laughs> it's in the mail. It'll be here in a few days. All right. You ready to crack open another beer? I've been sipping on another beer. Okay, I haven't gotten mine yet, so why don't you start talking about yours, and I'll be back with mine. All right, sounds great. And from Treehouse, uh, John and I are drinking Promised Land, and this is a California Common Ale, 5.5% alcohol by volume. And, yeah, I see why John is like, yeah, they're they're not really known for their lagers or or ales. Like, IPAs, Ben. It's okay. It's again a very light, okay beer. The warmer these beers get, the better I think they taste. Okay. Um, I do still have half of my. Um, yeah. Left, so I got a I can, third of mine left. So I can start drinking that again. If it's I don't. Better. I don't. I don't think you need to. I, I'm just going to look forward to uh, that Julius that we're going to crack open. But I'm checking into Untapped, if I can find it. This is Promised Land from Treehouse. And I'm, I'm rating things again. It, it's been since hey. 2020. Maybe I'll stick with it. Maybe I won't. Come along with me on the journey, won't you? <laughs> I mean, he's on, he's on the Twitch. He's checking into stuff on Untapped again. I know. He's trying to do it all. He's a new man. <laughs> I'm trying to be I'm trying to, you know, I'm just branching out in 2023. You know, I I, I stream twice on Twitch. I'll stream again on Tuesday, more than likely. And if this wraps up really quickly, then maybe I'll stream tonight. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, Chris, I don't know. Yes. Are you? Did he have a sip of your beer yet? Um, I did. did. Talk about it. And did he go to the comic book store last week, or did he go today? I went last week and I went yesterday. Oh, okay. Uh, Same time you went to the brewery. Yes. Okay. Uh, My next beer, also from Hourglass Brewing, is Bleep Loop. And this is a fruited sour ale. Um, Let me pull it up just so I can give you the exact. Where is it? Uh, This is a fruited sour with peach and hibiscus flower. And they say on the menu, 100% nothing to do with any popular space franchise. Completely original concept. <laughs> that is an awesome can. That is, that is an awesome can. I'm holding up the can for uh, the guys because it's the can looks like R2-D2. Can you make that a dramatic reading? <laughs> yeah. Loop. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is pretty good. Uh, it's not like a like a Berliner Weiss sour. It's like a sour fermented beer with fruit. So peach and hibiscus added to it. Um, I'm not a huge fan of sours that aren't Berliners I'm learning, but this is a good take on this. I think this is a great hot day beer. Um, That peach adds a nice little stone fruit sweet to it. Uh, it's not overly hibiscus because I don't like a lot of stuff that's flavored with hibiscus I've learned, but it was, it's an R2D2 beer. I had to get it. But there's no guava? 
Bill Rama. <laughs> what is I what? Think, what do you think is the difference between a sour and a Berliner that you're picking up on that you're like, oh, I like Berliners. I don't um, like sours. The sours themselves, it's more like that funky, like yeast, which isn't bad. Like there's nothing yeah. wrong with it, but. I find it distracts me from the beer, while Berliners, it's more just like that nice, like candy. It's a candy sweetness. It's like, okay. yeah, it feels like it's a treat. It's not necessarily like a, like science in a can. So, uh, is a Mickey Boodle a sour Berliner to you? That's more sour, but that's okay. also like much heavier, heavier fruited. Okay. So. Because I'm like, I like a Mickey Boodle. That's a sour. Uh, and I was trying to think of a Berliner that I had recently that I like. If only there was a way to see so what I, would I had say, previously drank recently. <laughs> it, it, the same thing. Like when it comes to like sours, I would more like something like a sour ale than like a Goza because that's more of like that that funkiness. Salt. Yeah. Yeah, Goza's got these. It's like usually it's a German, so it's like that little bit of salt to it. Salt and funk. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I do like a Goza. I think I like the Goza. Ooh, power rankings. I I think it goes Goza, Berliner, Sour. Just thinking it. Just gut reaction. What about your Lambic? Your Lambics are sours. Oh, my Lambics are sours. Now that's a treat. Now that's just candy in a glass. And I like to cut those and make those. That was really fun. You like to cut glass? No, no. Oh, you like like to cut them with other beer. Are you just like, oh, they're. (laughs) Yeah, I like them so much I can cut glass because of how excited I get. I don't know. You're a strange dude. I am a strange dude. Nope. Nobody's denying that. You know what's strange about uh, me? It's the comic books that I look forward to. (laughs) Wait, did you? John, did you talk about the beer? Yeah, when he went up and... Wow, you both talked about it. Like, the 26 seconds I was gone. There was, Holy, wasn't much to yeah, There's it. nothing to talk about. It's, uh, yeah. You don't go to you don't go to Treehouse to get their lodgers, we found out. Yep. Hey, it was good science, everybody. Good science. Good thing we didn't... We don't need to drink a four-pack of it each. Yep. We just all have to have to suffer through one. I wouldn't have purchased it. I'm excited about this, their black IPA. Me too. But I got this I got their flagship Julius and it's pretty good. Very exciting. Very exciting. Much like main topic. Guys, are you excited? I'm gonna talk about some of the comic books that came out in January twenty twenty three. Yeah. Yeah. Uh and we didn't talk about who was gonna go first. Uh Chris, do you wanna go first? Um yeah, I'll start us off. Um, my book that I brought to the table coming from Dynamite, uh, Dynamite Publishing, Dynamite Press, Dynamite Studios. I don't remember their actual art house name. What's sad is like when he said Dynamite, Dynamite Press, I was like, that sounds right. And then he said Diamond Dynamite Publishing. I'm like, no, that sounds right. It just <laughs> says Dynamite it? Comics on the, on, for their Facebook because it's one of those things. It just it just says dynamite on the uh, the top cover flash. Uh, but this is part of their Disney Afternoon imprint. Uh, this is Darkwing Duck number one, written by Amanda Debert, art by Carlo Loro, and this is the continuing adventures 
of one Mr. Drake Mallard, a.k.a. the Darkwing Duck, uh, as he's you know, being given a major award. Uh, uh, Do we ever see the statue? No. You don't actually get to see the statue ever. Um, it's it's a Darkwing Duck book, and it's Darkwing Duck told how you expected Darkwing Duck to be told. I mean, I know I'm kind of glossing over stuff real quick because it hits on all of the notes that I think you would expect being a fan of the cartoon or anything else of Darkwing Duck from the 90s when the character made his debut. Um, it's not like culture shock. Like I've suffered with Gargoyles where it was like, oh, there's all this other trash, which Gargoyles number two came out. I read that one and I was like, I'm just going to drop this book. Like I do not care about it at all, which kind of hurts. But Darkwing Duck, I think, fulfilled the promise. Um, you guys thoughts on DW? I actually enjoyed it. Yeah, a lot more than Gargoyles. I do feel like I was enjoying it because of the meta aspect of reading Gargoyles. And here they are, like summing up all his past adventures just with quick dialogue bites. Like, hey, maybe they're going to bring out this person. Maybe then talk about this epic adventure. And I'm like, yeah, they're doing it so much better than Gargoyles did it. And it's not as weird. Well, because at no point does Darkwing Duck tell you, like, uh, don't worry about that. Like, yeah. <laughs> and also, there's nothing weird about falling uh, falling for a goth chick. Nothing weird. <laughs> Not I understand. at all. See, um, I see. I see you, DW. I see you. <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't a huge Darkwing Duck fan as a kid with the cartoon. I watched it, but I didn't love it. When Boom Studios put out their comic book, I really. I really, really enjoy that so much so that I was like, I like Darkwing Duck now. Like, it really turned the page for me. It got, it got me on here. And this is a good version of that, but I am just continuously going. I Throughout, it was like, mm, the boom was better. Like, it's still a good, it's still Darkwing Duck, and it has everything. It looks great. I actually like the art in it a lot. Yeah. Um, but the whole time, I just kept going... I I just remember liking that Boom Studio one so much more. Um, I don't think it's bad. I think it, like you said, it it's Darkwing Duck. It's not like Gargoyles. Gargoyles was a, a letdown. Um, and this isn't. This is <laughs> Darkwing Duck. Um, but there was something that just popped with that Boom Studios to where I wanted to keep reading it. Like this, I read it and I was like, yeah, I... I like it, but I don't think I like it enough to buy the second issue. Did you buy issue number two of Gargoyles? No. Okay. I was just I was curious because if you did, I would be very upset. This is like, I, mean, no, like I, said, I did, but I I did not want to. I had it on my pull list because, of course, as soon as it was solicited, I was like, yeah, like, add, add Gargoyles to my pull box. Like, I, I got to get that. And then I was thinking, like, okay, well, let me pick up this number two. Let me see if maybe they got, like, that everything on that first one. Now we can focus on growing maybe a couple core characters. No, it's still it's still way too random with all the different, like, gargoyles and the different clans and, like, 
the machinations on each page, it's something different. And it's like, okay, there's no clear thread to pull on this. This is super easy to follow. Like, I think this is a great take on the character. And if you've got kids, John, I think this would be a good, like fun, like, Hey, all ages book. Like, I don't think there's going to be any weird like questions. Like why is, why is that guy going gold? Why is that one got a, a different face? Why is that one like a cat guy? Like, this is just, Oh, he's, he's a superhero. Donald duck. Like, yeah, every, everything works from also, there. Is, is your son asking for a cell phone yet? If he no, is, but he, give him this comic book to read. Now he knows. And then, he, then he'll know that he shouldn't have a cell phone yet. He has a tablet that we have a bunch of learning reading stuff on. Ooh, like Leapfrog. Yeah, we is yeah. I, still think I don't know. So. No, I don't know. We have a. It's actually it's. Yes, it's actually have, really fun. You're learning a lot now. His thing is, it's actually really cool because you put yeah. the tablet up on this thing and he's got this mat and it asks him to make stuff. And he's got to put like it comes with all these rubber shapes and he builds something and then it takes a picture of that, and puts it on the screen and then it does stuff that like it'll have him make a, an octopus and he'll make an octopus, follow the design and then it snaps that and then it's in the sea and then he makes all these other sea creatures and. It's cool. And he's learning he's learning how to spell and all that stuff that you have to teach a four year old at least at this age. So yeah. Learning how to follow along uh to a basic design so he can become a good factory worker. It's great. Absolutely. Yeah. Another gear in the cog. Another gear in the cog. Let's go. Let's go. Let's do it. Uh and Darkwing Duck, man. I, is there a thing about like the animated uh, like style that's just easier to like replicate in comic books? Like because you have to make so many of the same drawing over and over again that it's easier for any but any artist to just run with that design to stay on book. I don't know. I don't know. Like every time I mean, we pick up one of these books, I'm like, it, they look good. Like gargoyles look good. This looks good. You know, they look. It's not like when we pick up books that are, you know, based off of like Transformer. Well, um, like Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel, mm-hmm. and you're like, ooh, it doesn't. They don't look so much like the the, the people. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think a a cartoon character is easy to replicate. Or even if it's like, oh, it's April O'Neil. How do you know? Well, she's wearing a yellow coat and she's yeah. got short, you know, short auburn hair. Oh, okay, that makes sense. You know, like that yeah. stuff. I think is easy to do a version. My name's of John. That. I can see yellow and auburn. But also, I think. What the hell's auburn? <laughs> what is that? It's brownish red or reddish brown. Oh, yeah. oh, cool, cool. Yeah. yeah. But I think, I think the character designs themselves because they are made to Pretty be sure easy. Pretty sure it's a college. Auburn University. It sounds like Probably. a college. I think. By, I, I don't think it's a color. I think by design, like they're made to be easy to draw because you have people having to sit at a table and draw them like 
thousands of times over that it is easy to catch that and replicate it. And they're, they're iconic and they, you do a lot of the storytelling just through those drawings themselves because it's a cartoon. They can be bigger expressions. They can be wacky. They can be wild because you're used to seeing like the Pratt falls and like the squash and stretch. So it doesn't seem out of place if something's not drawn to proportion because it's probably not supposed to be. Yeah. I just, I, I didn't find this like Darkwing Duck was always kind of a funny character. I didn't think this book was ultimately all that funny. I think it was fun. I think it served its purpose well, which is, you know, being a, you know, like an all-ages comic book, but... But the things that you found funny as a kid watching that series are going to change when you're an adult. My four-year-old is laughing at stuff that I'm like, I, I can just make a fart noise and the kid goes crazy. Like you can do small things and little kids think it's hilarious. So the slapsticky-ness that is Launchpad and Darkwing getting wrapped up in his cape around the, the gargoyle on yeah. the outside, like a little kid, you would think that is hilarious where as an adult, you're just like, oh, it's formulaic. It's okay. This is the bit. Let's go to the next thing kind of a thing. Those, yeah, but those bits, I, I don't think land as well <clears throat> in the comic book page as maybe a different bit would. That's kind of like, you know, that them getting tangled in his cape. And also when they're like doing the crash landing and they're like being a, um, I forget, what's the badminton, not badminton, the uh, tetherball. Tetherball, thank you. The tethered. It's tethered to the front. Um, that makes sense. You know, like a tetherball going around like it there's so much dy- dynamic action taking place that i don't think it translated well to the page it, well enough it was okay i wouldn't disagree with that but as i'm reading this i'm i was seeing it as a cartoon you, you could fill in the page you could fill in those blanks for you so yeah Right. That that was my only issue. Is like, as I was reading it, I wish it was the I wish it was a cartoon. I like, it's okay as a comic. I could see it being better as the cartoon itself. So, yeah. okay. uh, but something uh, I picked up uh, was Black Cloak number one, uh, and this was written by Kelly Thompson, art and colors by Meredith. McLaren. Uh, and this is a story that takes place uh, in the future. This is the last known city in the world after a major war. And the inhabitants are all more mythical creature elves, centaurs, mermaids, fairies, char- characters like that. And you follow a elf, and I guess he's a like a fairy because he's got the wings, who are black coats that are uh, police officers in this world who are trying to solve the murder of one of the royal family. Uh, and the uh, the twist in there is the one detective is an exiled royal, uh, one of the exiled royalty 
members. That was betrothed to this victim. To the victim. Um, but I, I really enjoyed this. This kind of reminded me of those detective stories in in these worlds where they have some part of a connection to the criminal, um, whether it be like powers, uh, top ten, um, even uh, Black Sabbath. Even Black Sabbath, yeah. Like I, I really, uh, I actually really enjoyed this, and I kind of picked this on a um, a whim. I saw the 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 writer. I read the solicitation, and I was like, you know what? This is something different from what Paul and and Chris had picked. And um, I actually really like this. And I this is a book I'm planning on uh, staying on. Hmm. I have a hard time with this book because the art and like the subject matter and the dialogue don't all kind of work together. Like it's mystical. It's like the gore. You see a dead body, but it's so cartoonally, you know, such a cartoon drawing of it. Like there's a bite bit taken out of it. And I'm like, unless the characters were saying there was a bite taken out of the character, I wouldn't understand what that red blotch was. You know what I mean? Uh, when we're there, they go to the shore and they're wearing the headphones to block out the sirens call. Uh, all very clever. This is the, you know, headphones and the music and everything. But so it, it feels like it could easily be an all ages book. Yet they just throw in a couple swear words. Mm-hmm. And now it's not an all ages book. Like, I don't know. I don't. Were there swear words in it? Yeah. 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 I, I didn't as even many notice. swear words as I have <clears throat> used in this podcast, this episode. Uh, I didn't. I don't know. I like, like the art style with with what the story is. I yeah, thought it. It's fantasy I thought it and fit. And <clears throat> that works well. But then with the dialogue, it seems like a, the dialogue seems out of place. It's like one or the other is out of place. And I feel like. Maybe it's the art. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I keep on going back and forth. I'm like, no. Now, there, I like the the pieces of this, but there was something lacking just in everything together. Like, I found myself just kind of like skimming through it. And then I would miss out on something because I hadn't read it and I wasn't getting enough from the artwork to get all the context. I don't think it works as well as something like a Black Sad that instantly like brought me in. And they're very similar books, like all different takes on like a like crime noir type thing. Um, this art style is definitely up my alley, but I I can't tell you anything about any of the characters or where we left off. It, there wasn't enough to keep me engaged in it. It's good that some of the characters are obviously different mythological creatures, because even with the main character the very last page where it's like she's like lying on the ground. And then the very next, the page next to it is like the solicitation for the next issue. And it's the main character on that page. They look so completely different that I'm like, it it was, it would be, it was difficult for me to follow along, like who she's talking to. 
that there was those are the little issues that I had with the art. I, I thought it was a fun story. I didn't feel like it kind of dragged and it could have been two issues. Like the when she finds out, like, no, this was the guy I was betrothed to. Boom. Stinger. OK, that's your first issue. Then this everything after that could have easily been the second issue. Um, yeah, but that's not the in that heart in the box page. That's not the I don't think that's the same character because she doesn't have elf ears. And she's an elf mm. who is stabbed. Okay. Let me take a look. But the, even going from the very. No, because isn't that the tattoo? It looks like the tattoo on the arm. Yeah. On her arm. Is that not her? With the purple hair or with the. With the purplish hair. I don't know. I don't think I, I don't think it is because I believe you see at one point she's got elf ears. Because everybody okay. in that royal family have. Yeah, they're elf allowed. ears. And she, yeah, you see on page 41 when she's being looked at the doctor that she is elf ears. She keeps them hidden because I don't think she wants people to know she's an elf. All right. Well, maybe it's a different character. Yeah, I I don't want to say the art is lacking. I think. I think they they did cool world building with the art, with the technology and also the mysticism and stuff like that. Like when she's being healed, that was a cool scene. But even the backgrounds aren't very dynamic. The when they're out in the city streets, there's even in the bar, there's only like one scene with a crowd scene, and it's not much of a crowd. Like I don't know. I, not, I won't disagree. The the backgrounds and everything are very sparse. It's yeah. one colors. It's not detailed at all. I will agree. I, I, I definitely agree with oh, that. Okay. I thought you were saying you were disagreeing. And I'm like, so no, that's I, that kind of stuff, like, kind of leads me to not be interested in the world because there's opportunity for storytelling in that, and it's not there. Or maybe they that's part of the design where this is the last city, and it's so sparsely populated that you know there wouldn't be that many people in the background i don't know for an image book you know the image kind of started all about the art and yet i i I hate i don't know enough about art to really be a good critic about it so i kind of feel bad Uh, i mean that for you the art was lacking in the book Mm -hmm. i i enjoyed the story i enjoyed like you said, like I enjoyed the technology and the mystic arts that were all in here. It feels um, a little like a fantasy star four with technology I, and magic. Yeah, From- uh, I don't. I I enjoyed it. I like the book. I will be uh, continuing on. You know what? I will continue on. Okay, no, Archie books. No, no, I'm going to continue on drinking my beer, this beer from uh, Other Half, other uh, from Treehouse. Treehouse. Not from Other Half, but it's, oh, man. Other Half and Treehouse, they both make great IPAs, right? And uh, this is Treehouse's Julius, which is named after, I'm guessing, an Orange Julius from the great Orange Julius. This is, uh, yeah, a, a nice... Slightly pithy, but mostly juicy 
uh, East Coast IPA. This is this is like the the uh, uh, the the pinnacle, not the pin. What am I thinking? It starts with it's like a Plato Platonic idea of the East Coast IPA. Why am I even trying? It's really it's good. Up, it's up there. It's up there. Now, this is what when you say, hey, do you like East Coast IPAs? This is like what you're asking people if they enjoy. This is the blueprint for a East Coast or, or a uh, New England IPA. And it's from Massachusetts. You can't get more of New England than that. Right, John? What do you think? No, uh, yeah, uh, I think for 6.8%, it's incredibly smooth. Um, it's an, an incredibly drinkable, great IPA. Um, this is one of those beers that is beer advocate, um, beer advocate, even on, um, untapped, all of those sites is one of the highest up there rated beers. I think Treehouse in on on Beer Advocate there are 250 best beers in the top 20. They have like five or six beers. Like and they're all their IPAs. They're Julius, they're King Julius. Um and yeah, I you, you can't go wrong with this beer. Is there beers that are as good or better? Probably. But for a fifteen dollar, I think we paid fifteen twenty for a four pack of this. I think it's amazing for that price point. Um, the only problem is Treehouse does not need to sell their beer anywhere else. They do not need to distribute it. Everybody goes flocking to them to buy it, and they have so much money. They have like four breweries, and they bought a golf course that they run as a golf course and sell their beer out of like it's a venue for them to be like hey you come uh you can drink our beers and play golf man hoping can go put up their own disc golf course hey. i played it it's it's decent it's nine holes or nine mm. baskets it's fun at any point did you feel like you were about to pass out no <laughs> like kate okay. was feeling very carsick and they actually had like a hammock and also some Ander- like overly sized Andoronic chairs on the course. So like she would sit on them. So, uh, yeah. Now, did so she Kate, play with you or did she just follow you around while you played disc golf? She walked and then like would be like, oh, I'm going to look over there because nobody else I'm going to look course. over there. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's how Paul used to do his wife's voice, like his impression of her. <laughs> no. Come on, Chris, if you're going to do it. I, I feel like that was right. Close. I can't. Hey, I close. My name is Kate. <laughs> That's how you have to start it. Okay. I every time. <laughs> Hi, my name. No, shut up. Listen, my name is the Kate McCown. And I want to say, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to look over there. I'm <laughs> going to sit in a hand chair. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how you do the Kate McCown. Okay. Impression. I apologize. You know, do you know? Do you know what uh, Chris and I would be doing while you were playing disc golf? We'd be laying down in the grass, looking at the clouds, having some cloud talk. Mm-hmm. Cloud talk. Oh, new new podcast. Cloud talk. 
all about the different types of clouds. No, just no. basically like, oh, look at that one. Look at that one. <laughs> kind of looks like a reindeer. I see it. I see it. Ooh, it's shifting. That's a dragon. Oh, that one looks like mashed potatoes. <laughs> that one looks like Kate in that rock back chair. <laughs> you can see your feet kicking. Writing out the episode title, Cloud Talk. I was I, I was gonna write uh, in an Adirondack chair, and I was like, that's just way too long. That's I stopped. Very long. <laughs> Chris, what are you drinking there, uh, bud? I don't remember. Hold, please. Um, <laughs> we can go back to vamping. No, that's okay. Because I was scrolling through because I do want to do like a wrap up of Hourglass just to to talk about it because you know New Beer's resolutions. I was just. Counting how many beers they had on on tap there, and uh, then we we started talking about you, the pressure you did of your wife for like <laughs> ten years. Um, my next and final beer of the evening from Hourglass Brewing is their Irish Curse, and this is an Irish Red Ale. And full disclosure, the beers that I had tonight they were all different from the beers I actually had at the brewery. Uh, on first sip. This one hit me with like a nostalgia bomb because it tastes a lot like the Great Lakes Conway's Irish Red, which I don't drink a lot of uh, reds anymore. But that was like my like, oh, St. Patty's Day beer, like because it's just like a perfect Irish Red. Uh, This is fantastic. Uh, 5.5% ABV. uh, Absolutely fantastic. I I really Dig this one. It makes me want to go get some like corned beef and cabbage and make that for dinner tomorrow because like it's hitting me in the exact right way. Um, so yeah, this is delightful. Nice. I I do love a good Irish red, and I feel like it's a uh, style I don't get down here as much. Like I can get like I, Irish stouts, like that's because breweries like to make stouts, but like an Irish red, like not really. Uh, Irish, I, Irish reds. Oh, Irish dry sounds good. Irish reds are like so hard to come by now. Uh, you have Great Lakes, Resurgence has one, and then you have Killians, and then you'll have a couple like this Killians or that. Is like an Irish red. No, I, I agree, yeah, but, it's, but it's, something, it's something you can get. <laughs> you can get. Um, and a couple other breweries will put out small, like small batch stuff. Um, and then. Um, yeah, it's 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 a tough style nowadays because people are they are more doing the stouts. They're usually bringing this or that around. But yeah, like last year, the best Irish stout I had was the um, Resurgence one. They had revamped theirs, and I thought it was excellent. It was really smooth, easy drinking um, with that nice malty flavor. But uh, yeah, I love a good Irish red. Like Flying Bison puts out aviator red now is their irish red but it's just their it's just aviator red it's just their red ale that they always had and now they just sell it during february and march and is it that dark rich malty one or is it the super light and like you're like what is even this beer because remember we would get that aviator red and it was like the best is big malty red and then every then every once in a while we pick it up and it was just like they forgot to brew the beer and they just packaged water. Yeah, 
I think some of that too was probably we were buying old beer because we weren't smart enough to look for dates at that time. Uh, but also I think there was huge inconsistencies with that brewery. I mean, that was right after, right after we had that problem is when he, like Tim Herzog ended up selling the brewery to Saranac. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I think (laughs) now he's retired. Living off all that, uh, Finn and Matt money. Yeah. Uh, you know yeah. what's really easy drinking? Freaking Julius, man. Like, <laughs> I, I just yeah, picked up my can and I'm like, I have less beer in this that I just literally opened than the two other beers that I was sipping on for the whole show. Um, yeah. Yeah, the Julius is good. No. I, I was going to... We... we I wanted to make sure like when we did that split four pack that we got, we got a Julius. Mm-hmm. I really wanted the black IPA. Super friendly show. Been... Greg did it right by getting like, and get me like three of the January Juliuses. Yeah. He was just looking for, he's like, I, I want a session now. First he texted me, he goes, is that beer a sour? And I was like, I looked at it and I was like, no, it says session IPA. It's a session IPA. He goes, okay, I want three of those. Because he messaged me privately. I don't know, you know. Yeah, well, you know, because <clears throat> he didn't want to respond to a huge group text, which I can understand and appreciate. Uh, you know who can't respond to a giant group text? Archie. Yes, because he's living in a post-apocalyptic world. A post-apocalyptic world, John. Mm. Get your mind and ears out of the gutter. <laughs> Uh, this is Archie versus the world from Archie Comics, uh, written by Citizen Daughtry, story by Aub- Aubrey Aubrey Citizen, uh, art by Jed Daughtry, coloring by Matt Herms and Doug Garbick. <laughs> and this is, you know, a really quick. Lettering by uh, Jack Morelli. Yeah, keep. Uh, editor, senior director of editorial, J.B. Ro- Lee Rotante. Associate editor. By the time Stephen we Oswald. read through the list of people that created it, we could have finished reading the book. Yeah, this is a really quick read. How quick this thing moves. Because when you're in the post apocalypse, you have to move quickly, you have to get in your red jalopy. And move from town to town because people are marauding and like kidnapping women, much like how Reggie and his marauders kidnapped Veronica. And the only thing I was weirded out by is like they have like psychic kung fu powers. I don't know where that came from or why it was necessary. Nobody does. That's That's the fist of the North Star that they said they added to the story. Uh. I like that it was broken up in chapters, and the chapters were all of, like, five panels long. <laughs> like, the prelude is just one page with Old Man Jughead, who looks awesome, by the way. I love that character design. I and love the layout uh, that, of the page. I'm like, the, yes, I am The character in. designs are awesome, especially when you get to, like, the Witch of the Wastelands, like, Sabrina. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's pretty dope. Like, And it's... Little girl, old woman, like 
middle-aged Sabrinas and they're all giving your fortune like the the Macbeth uh, witches. As your uh, mother maiden crone. Like that ass. Yeah, but the maiden and what you said, mother maiden crone? So yeah, mother maiden and crone. Yeah, the one with the like the bat ears and the the uh, in the sun ears. No, banana look exactly the same when they do the close up though. Like I'm like, oh, why did they change? I can see that, yeah. Yeah, why why did she change head headbands? But now that I'm like looking at it again, I'm like, okay, they're. Oh, also we get, and I don't know why he keeps doing it this way, but I'm gonna do it too, just so I feel like I'm in on the thing. We get a post apocalyptic. You know why? Pussy cats too. Yeah, that time he did say pussy cats. I think this book would have like I didn't mind this book. I think this book would have been a lot more fun if it was just Mad Max without the the blazing kung fu. Because it seems like they were trying to go for that that first page that Paul was mentioning with old man um, Jughead. Jughead. That opening soliloquy kind of a thing there is so Mad Max. that it's just like it's just like I was like oh yeah this is going to be really cool and then I get in there and Archie is super bizarrely jacked (laughs) there's like a a panel I don't remember where it is but like it's him driving and like it's all just forearm steering wheel and I was like it doesn't look like every other character looks like who they're supposed to be except for Archie in this but then it's like all of a sudden this weird like kung fu stuff. He's doing a spin kick and breaks the gas mask on his and on Reggie's face. It just doesn't make it just doesn't make like it just doesn't make sense. And then he goes sees and sees the witches. But there's like cool stuff like when they do the uh, chapter four when it's like that splash splash page where it just shows them driving like. They're driving out in the desert and they meet these guys and he wrestles this guy and they so Jughead's being chased by the eyeball women. That's the thing that made me kind of be like, oh, it's kind of crummy that this is just a one shot because I would have liked to have seen this be the adventure. Yeah, I think they could have done at least like two or three of these without before the whole thing got old. Like, I think there's enough room to play in this trope that I'm surprised they just buckled into a a one shot for it. And the also you don't even have to have all like the flaming fist powers and stuff. Like it could have just been them going through the wastelands like fighting eyeball monsters. Like Yeah. And also fixing a weird alien ship that whose planet was like broken in half. Like you see yeah. that, right? Like Yeah. Yeah. And Betty's like, nope, fixed her all up. Because I feel like some mechanic. of that might be references to other Archie stuff that I I don't know. Like the eyeball people is probably something, but I, I, think I don't, it's I don't get weird. it. Yeah. Post-apocalyptic tropes. And then there's just that, like, all of a sudden they're... Oh, because he doesn't want to woman's... sound like, okay, I get it. Yes, <laughs> I, see, I see that. I, I literally didn't understand why he was saying it that way. Sorry. Now I get. Now I get. Um, I, I didn't I think it was it's so obvious. 
because of that. Uh, but it was yeah. Uh, it's it too too obvious for. Chris. I thought it was a reference to something in there. Like no, no. Yeah. Nope. This was fine. Um, I actually enjoyed this one a lot more than I thought. And behind the scenes talk, Paul did mention that he was going to bring this book to the table, or it might have been something else if he didn't like it. But when I checked the the doc that we have set up and he hadn't changed his pick. I was like, okay, it's probably pretty decent. Um, I, and I'm glad you, you stuck with it because this is something that I wouldn't have bought on my own. Uh, but I'm, I'm glad to have read it. I think this is a worthwhile addition to the, like the Archie, like weird averse in a way. I was talking to I'm, John about this yesterday at the brewery. And I said, today, today, yeah, today at the brewery. <laughs> Time that has no meaning. Uh, over on the far right, you have Afterlife with Archie. And then, like, slightly, pat, you know, next to it is Vampironica and Jughead the, the Hunger. Then all the way over to the left, you have, like, actual Archie books that you pick up at the grocery store. I think this leans much, much closer to those comic books that you pick up at the grocery store, Archie. Than it does Afterlife with Archie, but I I would say are we talking like the middle is like the Mark Wade Fiona Staples like yeah okay yeah I think this is more like midway to it's uh, in between the Mark Wade and the Mark Wade one was actually really good but it is like Paul's saying it's it's leaning towards that hokey not as good we're on this side of the table. On this side of the table, everything's like, wow, that's really good. I'd read that again. And like at the end of horror, they are doing the genre with the Archie comics. This feels more like they're forcing, they're shoehorning the genre into Archie. Okay, I get. Okay, I understand. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And that's like at the end of this book, the solicitation for Betty, the final girl. I was like, yeah, I'm on board for that. So when I was going through, like, just doing my personal pull list on League of Comic Geeks. And I saw Betty, the final girl. I was like, I, I would check that one out. Like, just because I like that idea and how Archie has played with, you know, those genre tropes before. I think that could be a lot of fun, but I didn't want to put it on my pull list because I know John or Paul is going to pick uh, it. Uh, I'm going to pick it. Yeah. Uh, final girl. Is that like a huge thing? Like, there's a yeah. board game that recently released, like maybe last year, that's called Paul's the Final not, Girl. Paul's not a horror fan. So at the end of every horror movie, the the last girl that's like, you know, hobbling away, having beaten like the Slayer, mm-hmm. that's the Final Girl. And that's a known, like, that's yeah. been a known, like, phrase. Yeah. Like, oh, that's the Final Girl. Okay. Yeah. Like in Halloween, it would be... Um, Susan Sarandon. Jamie... <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's your it's your Laurie Strode's. Your yeah, it's your an alien. Yeah. It's it would be Alan Susan Ripley. Sarandon. It would be it'd be uh, yeah Ripley. Yes. In Scream, it would be Nev Campbell. No, oh, whoa, oh, not Susan Sarandon. Crazy. Um, yeah, <laughs> I should have done. It's the one three. I should have done Susan. I should have said Susan. It, it would. It would have been. But yeah, it's the the person that's standing there when all the police and the news vans are pulling up, like in the aftermath. Okay. And but I'm just saying that's like the known phrase. That's known nomenclature. Yeah, I don't know where it came yes. from, but it, it, it 
there has to be a basis for it somewhere besides it just being like yeah jump the shark came from like a weird blog that then like newsweek or somebody bought like the tv guide bought they bought the the website there's a guy who created the jump the shark and he talks every he would talk about every tv show and stuff like that when they jumped the shark referring back to when Fozzie jumped the shark in happy Fonzie? yeah Fon- you said Fozzie. Fonzie. did i Fonzie, say Fozzie. Oh, yeah waka post? waka versus a post apocalypse Fonzie fonzarella in the happy days, actually ski ski jumps, uh, water skis over over sharks, and he would go through every television show with, with moments that were like, nope, th- this show's gone on too long. You don't have to explain it to us, Paul. <laughs> we... Oh yes, no. So th- the last girl is like one of those phrases. The final girl. The final girl. Yeah, not the last girl. No, like Susan know. Sarandon. <clears throat> Anyways, uh, we always do power rankings when it comes down to this. John, are you ready to go with yours? Uh, I would do uh, black coats. I really like that. I I think I would go because I if they took out the fist of the North Star and it was just a Mad Max Archie book, I would pick up two or three episodes or issues of it. Um, <coughs> sorry, I swallowed wrong and I am choking. But we've seen everything uh, that there's going to be because this is, I'm going to say again, like this is them cramming the genre of. Yeah, but I, there was enough Mad Max into stuff into it that I did. I did enjoy it. And I mean, the, the, uh, Darkwing Duck. I mean, it's it's Darkwing Duck. Like it's what I expected it to be. I'm not a huge Darkwing Duck fan. I read it. I would if somebody asked me, I'd be like, yeah, if you like Darkwing Duck, buy that book. Um, <clears throat> but I don't feel the need to pick up issue issue two of it. <clears throat> not that it's bad. I think I enjoyed. I enjoyed reading all of the books this month. Nice. Paul. Chris, your power ranking? Oh, because uh, I have a power ranking to throw upon you, and you know what it's going to be. You guys can guess. It's okay. Is it Final Girls? Because Susan Sarandon, number one. Um, <laughs> uh, no, she survived that Bull Durham. <laughs> it's going to be a, my number one's Darkwing Duck. Um, I am a Darkwing Duck fan. I thought about putting on my Darkwing Duck crew neck uh, nice. sweater that I have, but I was like, I'm not, I'm not changing my clothes for the podcast. Um, <clears throat> but it, it, to John's point, it is exactly what I wanted it to be. And it met those expectations. And I might still be salty about gargoyles, like fumbling that so much that I just have to give it to something else uh, that executed it better. Uh, my number two, Archie versus the world. I, wish there was more of this and not to say that there won't be, but I think there was enough room for them to play in the sandbox. And I'm kind of sad that they, they didn't at least have like a second go around for it. Uh, And then my number three, black cloak, number one, Uh, again, I liked all the pieces of it, but just something about them together. I, 
it just didn't bring me in like some other takes on this kind of genre fiction have. Like I love black. It's no saga. It's no saga. It's not even something like wind. Like, yeah. Cause that kind of plays with like the fantasy tropes in a different way. Um, yeah. Not bad, but just, I, I feel bad because I didn't talk about it a lot, but it's mostly because like, again, I just fell into skimming it and I was like, Oh wait, what going back? Like I, I'm just flipping back. Like I'm not, I'm still not paying attention to it. Uh, so Paul, what's what's your game? Wow, what a what a weird time because your power ranking actually influenced my power ranking. That's a good with you being like, you know what, black coat cloak, not as good as wind. And also, I read Twig number one from. Um, oh, how was? It was fun. It was good. Didn't you, I, I did we have like one of the panels from yeah. it? Okay, I didn't know if I like, read okay. the panel. I I <laughs> got the first two issues. The first two issues are good. And honestly, now with my comic book reading, I am uh like I pick up number ones and like oh will I like would I want to trade at this? So, okay. and then when you were like mentioned Black Coke and you mentioned Wind, I'm like you're right, Wind was better than Black Coke. So instead of it being my number two, Black Coke is now my number three. Darkwing Duck is my number two, and Archie versus the World number one is my number one. Uh, I, I'm happy it's a one shot. You guys keep on saying you wish there was more, but guys, it ends the way it has to end. He's faced with an ultimate decision, the ultimate power ranking. <clears throat> and the end pick? just comes so fast. Like there's so much stuff that was skipped in this that I, you know, I think, I think it could have been played out more. And when your kid is your age and he's reading Archie comics, he'll read the the Brian Michael Bendis version where they decompress this comic book issue for seventeen uh seventeen issues for no reason. But we got a great. I, so you're I, saying I, that when my son is forty, yes, Brian Michael Bendis is still writing comic books. <laughs> no, 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 the Brian Michael Bendis of his time. Oh, okay. It will. They will be Brian. This comic book will be Brian Michael Bendis did out to like a 17 issue arc. Uh, But Archie is faced with the ultimate power ranking. He could choose to stay there at Thundertopia or wherever they are, the Thunderdome, and he can become have the most power in the world, or he could go back to Riverdale with Veronica. And have wealth to sustain him and keep him living comfortably forever. Or he could go back to Riverdale and scrape by, but be the happiest man to live in the wastelands. Guys, what's your power ranking? Power? What's your power ranking or what's your choice? What's your choice? What's your choice? Power, wealth, or happiness? Uh, I would would pick happiness and uh, love. I'd go with Betty. Whoa, 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 no. The, the question isn't love, because you don't get Archie. She loves him. At no point yeah. does Archie ever seem to reciprocate that love. Yeah, so, but you get love. You get love. <clears throat> you get her love, but you might not love yeah. her. Yeah, but you get love. You might wish you were out there adventuring, because that's, that's the secret <clears throat> choice, apparently. Jughead It's the fourth choice. <clears throat> no, I would pick. I would. I. I personally would go with Betty. 
Chris? Hmm. Uh, Was this a stupid game? Is everybody going to just pick Betty? No, because I go big titty Cheryl. (laughs) (laughs) Because also, it was very like Barter Town over there with like, and who Who runs runs Barter Town? Archie runs Barter Town. So yeah, that's that's where I go. It's good enough. Good enough. Paul? Paul? Paul, did I influence your decision there? (laughs) (laughs) Paul's going to pick the money. Wealth is uh, because there is no guarantee of love. I'm just saying that because Archie goes after Veronica because she needs to be saved. No, I think I'm uh, I think I'm going to go with Jughead. Just go off on my own adventure. Who this knows? To, to bro down. Bro down. Like, see, what's, see what the uh, adventure takes me. I think the, the, person, the person who seems most uncomfortable with his own friends, uh, the people <laughs> that, that like him, he's like, I'm going to go hang out with these guys. <laughs> and go I'm uncomfortable with everybody. Paul, Paul is known for his adventuring. <laughs> yeah. Could have stayed at a college party, but we went out adventuring to find spotlights. That was not much of a college party. (laughs) It was not. Jalapeno poppers, baby. (laughs) But (laughs) (laughs) to to go through my final 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 thoughts on our class. But not your Um, final girl. Not my final girl. Um. I have to say, I, uh, I, I went there Wednesday afternoon, so I was like one of three people sitting at the bar. It was very calm, very cool. Um, deducting points off the bat because they do not have food. Uh, they don't even have like small bites, snacks, anything like that, which, you know, something that we definitely like and look for in a brewery. Um, <clears throat> they do say... Not to interrupt like, you, Chris, but the brewery last night with Greg and Paul, we had French fries and fried uh, cheese curds with a jalapeno raspberry jelly dip. That was pretty darn Ooh. good. Um, Deadwards does fried cheese curds now, and they're amazing. Um, not not the point. Uh, they do welcome you to bring in outside food if you want to stop at like another local restaurant or have something delivered. Like they're cool with that, so that's still fine. Like. Yeah. No worries about that. Um, what really struck me is because I didn't do a lot of prep work going into it, uh, but just the size of their tap list because they have 40 different beers on tap here. Uh, their menu is broken down into different sections. So they just have like an easy drinking section, which is like their lagers, some like um, very light uh, like IPAs and Hefeweizens. They have a hoppy section. They go a section of sours, a section for farmhouse and wilds because they do have their own like culture house where they cultivate their own like uh, yeast range, which is really cool. Uh, and then they have a multi section, and then they have indulgent, which is like they're more like barrel aged, like the big boy beers. Um, so I did a flight just to start off because anything you want, you can get in a flight unless it's something that they only have in cans, um, which at that point you can only get the full pour. Um, but I did a flight of five. And then after that, I did get a full pour of their Saison because I want to try something because it was a gold medal 
winner at like the 2019 like American Beer Fest. So I was like, hey, you know what? Let me get a go on that one. Um, How was the Saison, by the way? Very good. Um, it's big Saison flavor. Uh, kind of like I was talking about before with like the sours, like that funk. Like it definitely has that, but like very nice, sweet bubblegum nose on it and then like when you take a sip like yes you do get that like um saison spice like a really nice like banana bready like a good peppercorn on it like it hit like a lot of notes that you would expect from a saison and it did them all like very very well uh but a flight of five a full pour and then three four packs to go like it was only like 72 dollars i think for everything so like Really great price. Um, the three beers that I brought home that I talked about today, I really enjoy them all. I think the Irish Curse Red Ale is like probably my my favorite because um, I I don't know if I could add the collaboration rye lager into that too because it's you know the works of a lot of people. Um, I think Hourglass is a a good stop by. I don't think. I had anything that was like a complete knockout. I did their, um, I forgot, I did a pour of their We Heavy as well, um, which was good. Um, Solid Brewery, great stop. Uh, Wish they did food. I sent you guys like a couple random pictures while I was there. I do like that the perimeter of the entire brewery, it's all like jigsaw cutout scenes from like pop culture, like superhero movies, sci-fi fantasy. And then they have action figures like monochromally painted, like stuck into the scenes. Uh, so it was kind of fun just like walking around there and being like, Oh, I guess I sent you guys a picture of like their Avengers cutouts. They had like a Tron section. Um, great showing. I'm, I plan on going back. Yeah. I'm glad to I'm glad to hear that. Paul, I took you to One-Eyed Cats, which is kind of my favorite little place to go right now. How did you enjoy that experience? It's a different style of brewery because it does <clears> seem <throat> like somebody just modified a larger house uh in uh they, which they did. New York, which which they did. Yep. Wait, did they take over where Community Beer Works used to be? Is that what happened? <laughs> uh no, it's kind of like it's like a big old it's a big house. And then it's half of the house is the brewery uh, and their bar and their seating area and their food. And then the other half is a yoga, uh, a yoga place and like a photography place Hmm. all in like a big old, you know, one of those big old Buffalo mansion kind of places. Have you been to underground coffees, Chris? I have not. That's on the list of places to to go because I think Yanni would dig it. Yeah. Because that was an old funeral parlor that they turned into a coffee house. So th- th- this had a similar vibe where it just feels like a house that now is serving beverages. Like mm. one serving coffee, the, the other one serving beer. Uh, I liked it just because we were able to get a quiet corner just in tables. And it was just a very relaxed, like, go at your own flow. They had the one bartender working when you went up the you know, there wasn't everybody was wasn't cramming the bar. As soon as I was walking up, she was like walking over to the, where I was walking to in the bar to say, what can I get for you next? What's next? Now, we didn't sit at the bar, so we didn't like have the whole chat and everything, because one trivia night was going on. 
which was kind of loud. So we tried to sit as far away from that hustle and bustle uh, because we wanted to catch up as friends, which was a stupid idea because then <clears> we <throat> sat here and caught up as <laughs> friends like for a whole hour. Uh, again, no, uh, no, it was a good time. Um, that's the kind of places that I enjoy where there's enough of a crowd where it feels like they're doing well, but not as much of a crowd where it feels crowded. That sweet spot. Um, where are they brewing their beer? I have no idea. <laughs> right on the other side of that bar, there's like four tanks, four small tanks. Cool. Like, uh, I got their bitter, which was nice, light. It had a little bit of the bitter hop to it, uh, the English special bitter. It's kind of like a hoppy. To me, it's like a hoppy brown ale. Yeah. Hmm. It wasn't wasn't as good as, what did we have? Like, the ESB, I remember, like, really liking was, like, at the Old Toad. During that Syracuse trip, there was okay, an ESB yeah. that I got. Like, it was either at Old Toad. It might have been, Toad like, a full, Fuller's. Or at... Um, Clark's. Clark's. I'm forgetting more. Uh, There's definitely better ESBs, but Mm -hmm. nobody makes them anymore. Yeah. So it's the best thing you can get. Yeah. And that's why I'm like, okay, I'm going to get the styles that I haven't seen. I ended up getting uh, for my last drink of the night, a peppermint porter. Why would they put peppermint in a porter? That's what I thought. If it has like that, like that rich, like that chocolatey kind of like malt to it, I could. I could get it. Yeah. Because I think of Porter and I'm thinking rich, smoky, malty. And I'm like, okay, so if it's not smoky and it's just roasty malts with por- with peppermint, that sounds like it could work. And that's exactly what it was. But, man, that peppermint, like, overpowered everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a um, big peppermint. It wasn't chocolatey, but I could see. I didn't think of it, Chris, but, yeah, if it was chocolatey, I could see it. Um, And their cream ale was decent as well. Uh, had a sip of their IPA, and that was big grapefruit, just like piff. That was just all huge, just, huge grapefruit. It, it, I felt like I was a bear, and I was just had a marmalade sandwich, like ready to go at any time, at any time. Yes, yeah, that's that's a Paddington bear reference. Okay, thank you, because I was like, I just want to see bears like with picnic baskets. <laughs> like I, I thought that's where you're going. <laughs> Nope. Padding okay. Bear always has a marmalade sandwich. Uh, uh, what I like about I like I like the atmosphere. I like the food there, oh. but I like fried cheese skirts, <laughs> raspberry, chipotle <clears throat> dip. Nice. Uh, fries were good. I like, yeah, the fries were good. I like that they do styles. There's two IPAs on tap. They have a stout that is on a separate keg because they serve it at a warmer temperature than the other beers. But then they have a Saison. They have a wheat beer. They have an ESB. They, they'll have a brown ale. They'll have a black IPA. They'll have many different styles. And it's not just IPA, 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 IPA with just different hops to it that takes up your full menu. And I've just be, kind of become that beer drinker that i really enjoy seeing different styles and being able to try different stuff uh, i got there that's, that's what i liked about hourglass like i sent you guys the menu and i just wanted to confirm <clears> that i had like different types but then in each one of those types like it's all 
different styles. Like, even if you're not like a fan of something like, oh, I don't like stouts, but on the multi section, they have the English brown, full body rye stout and amber with milk sugar, the red ale, uh, another red ale. Like, yeah. Give me them styles, baby. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's, I, I've, in the last year, it's the brewery I've gone back to the most. And I'm talking about this month of January and 2022. I've gone there four, five, five or six times now. One, it's very close to my house. Um, and, and two, it's just like, I, I enjoy the atmosphere. Um, we, they have a really good brunch on Sundays uh, they're like pork belly tacos were freaking phenomenal. They're like, um, instead of doing like, a uh, uh, what is it? A, um, not a, a, a croque madame, but instead of doing like, they do a version of a croque madame, but it's a burger. Oh, uh, yeah, there you go. Um, but yeah, like uh, the, the food's good enough that we enjoy going and Paul, they do a mimosa with that grapefruit IPA. Mm that uh that greg had uh you also live right down the street like right down the street and i passed it on my way to one one eyed cat brewery bright smith yeah which i've heard good things about but man that that parking people were parked out in front of the street like the whole way and i'm like oh i'm glad i'm not going there that seems crowded bright smith is just one of the i it's it's everything is overpriced. The pizzas are overpriced. The food is overpriced. And to me, the beer is Hamburg level beers. Like they're average. It's like, Oh yeah, that's good for that style. Um, but they just are in a good location and they're always busy, which makes people think that it's good. Right. Well, let I me like, tell you about one of my favorite places, Deadwords, which has knockout oh. beers and knockout food. I do like Deadwords because that we went in a very off time, but there were still people at the bar. And it, that, where I could see that it getting busy, but not overly crowded. I think that's one of those places that finds that balance we've been lucky like i said we've been lucky enough to get in and still be able to like to find us like a seat at a table or like at the bar like they do outside seating and it's never come down to the fact where it's like oh we can't get a spot let's let's check outside like we've always been able to just like get in and, like either like there's like enough spots that you don't have to like you know like look for who's about to leave like it'll be like oh there's enough seating or someone's like literally just wiping down the table and they're like hey guys like come over here like now the, and it's all good it's all good and every- i do have to say when i went with you you know to the breweries you know i wanted to catch up with one you and also like hang out with yanni because i've never hung out with her before and kate felt the same way kate hasn't seen you in how many years like so there was definitely like Hey, yeah, let's get a beer, but let's go over here and like try to catch up or at least chat or like get to know each other a little bit again. Uh, but I do feel like we kind of missed out on like sitting at the bar mm-hmm. in those situations where 
you can interact with the bartender, learn about the place a little bit, mm-hmm. which I think is important for enjoying a brewery. I agree. Yeah. You know, uh, now I feel comfortable <coughs> enough with uh, Yanni that if we go to places, we we just sit at the bar. It's fine. Yeah. If she's like she I don't remember when it happened, but there was a time that we had gone to a brewery and she's she's still young. So she's in like the like, oh, let me get my ID out and ready. Like, mm-hmm. so it doesn't matter where we are. Like uh, Kate does that <laughs> to this day. And hasn't been asked in 20 years. <laughs> But like we, I'm bleeping that part out, John. But yes, <laughs> like we'll, we'll go up to a bar and like she's already like digging her like ID out just to, like uh-huh. to prove like hey no like and I don't remember where it was. I feel bad, but like the bartender was like, oh no, I remember you guys. Like you're you're fine. And like for her, that was like the they they know me here kind of thing. It was <laughs> like yeah, like you come here like enough. Like it was either deadwards or sideward. Like it was like a place where it's like we go there like once every like two three weeks, and it's like yeah, like you pay this like guy's mortgage. Like he he knows you. Yeah. Like, uh, the uh, other the other thing too is you have that moment where you're just like oh yeah, really tall guy, uh, very uh short girl. Yeah, those guys. I remember those guys. But yeah, like as someone like I not I'm not I'm not like a bartender, but. I have people that I have lots of interactions with and I went up to a gentleman and I was like, Hey, can I help you find something? Cause he was looking at the beer and he's like, Oh, I know what I'm going to get. You helped me and my son the other day uh, with some beer. And I was like, Oh, your son, uh, he's from out of town. What did he end up getting? And the guy was like blown away that I remembered that I had a conversation with those guys, but you just kind of remember those certain interactions when you actually have interactions with people and, yeah. Like Aggie calls, you know, like, hey, Paul, you were here at this place like so many months ago. Do you remember what you did to make this work? And I only remember things if I actually had trouble with it. If I just like was able to simply like solve the problem and get it to work. I have no clue what I did. But if I struggled <laughs> and it took me a while and I finally figured it out, like, yeah. So if you go through your day as a bartender and you're just serving, I could imagine like, oh, you're going to just forget that whole day. But if you had a fun interaction with somebody, it's going to make a difference. And hopefully we made a difference to you because we're still (laughs) recording the podcast, guys. Uh, Thank you for your time. Uh, We just like to talk about stuff and hopefully you like to listen to it. If you do, let us know. Rate and review us over on your podcast listening platform of choice. Email us over at beggingboardcast at gmail.com. Uh, let us know what your new beer's resolutions were, if you made any. Because, hey, you know, it's getting me going new places. And so far, it's it's a good experience. I think I lost my new beer's resolution already. Because I was going to keep my basement fridge, like, stocked with just the regulars. like, And then just have... Like one or two beers that I was going to have on the podcast, you know, just have like a mixed bag. Now <clears> my <throat> beer is like, like I went to Ellicott Bill. I filled up my, I got a bunch of beer there. Got the whole thing with uh, this tree house. It's. Well, you have special, place. like it's almost like special occasions. You can yeah. still keep that beer fridge, but now you've, you had a little mini events in your life where you were able to bring home beer. 
it is full. <laughs> and it's not okay. full of like what I was going to have, which was like this classic standbys. Paul, yeah, but you, you, you got, had you got like some a streaming interest. coming up. So, you know, you just you sit down to stream, you crack <laughs> a beer. Yeah. True. Uh, but you also had like for work, you were actually sent to Ellicottville. Your boss mm-hmm. paid for you to, to go eat there. So you had yeah, some funny money to buy some beer to go home uh, with. It's not called funny money, John. Everybody knows it's called slush funds. Well, I thought I thought your your I thought maybe you used some of your boss's money to buy beer to take home. Oh no, we well we used my boss's money to drink while eating our dinner. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah, we then, used the slush funds to buy beer to bring home. There you go. But you had like little special things. Yeah. That you were able to bring home beer. So you're going to have those moments where you're not going to have like those beers in there, like. When Wookie Jack is, I know I need to get some Wookie Jack now. Chris, uh, did you hear about this? Did you know about this? I have this? not. No. Wookie Jack is back. Back, sixteen ounce Baby. can, four packs. Baby. Black Rye IPA. See, I, I was. Remember it. I do. I was trying to avoid going to the beer store because if I go to the beer store, I'm just gonna like buy stuff to drink, and I'll be like, oh, let me just get something for the show, and I'm gonna try to just go to new places so I'll, I'll keep an eye out but i got tactical brewing coming up next that's where i'm uh, yeah. going next week are you gonna wear your uh blue blocker shades yeah yeah and ask people for step jumps sorry we have two reference <clears throat> back to back that's a game that you and john used to play played i think all of them i don't know if we finished the yeah. last one maybe and if you want to watch me play fun. video games <laughs> we already did that <laughs> well you have to stop the recording right yeah i guess so <laughs> bye <laughs>